There are two faculties that followers of Christ must have in their portfolio if they are to call themselves believers and followers. These two gifts are the abilities to overcome and to endure. I like how one commentator puts it, being an overcomer, so we can love as God desires, is what the Christian life is all about. It's what we are called for, trained for, and the purpose of our sanctification. Overcomers are the ones who will inherit the future kingdom because they are able to produce works of the Spirit, works of love in their lives here and now. To endure covers the wholeness of completeness, as in tolerate, withstand, and suffer. A big welcome to all of our listeners today. It's good to have you here. I'm Neil Parks. Here at Fill the Lamp, we are called to encourage the body of Christ to grow and mature into an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ, Yeshua. The Greek word for overcome is nikano, which means to conquer or gain the victory over something. It occurs 20 times in Revelation alone and means to have victory over hostile powers. In the believer's life, the overcomers are those who triumph victory and have learned to master the flesh, prevail over the world, and conquer Satan through Christ's life in them. 1 Corinthians 15.57 says, But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, in Revelations chapter 2 and 3, this is where we're going in this new study, the Lord is calling out seven churches. But with that said, once again, I believe this hits the church today, in 2022, right in the jaw. So I want to dive in and take a look at what God is not pleased about. The irony of this scripture is the placement of it. The Lord has put it at the forefront of the prophecy of his return. He wishes that none would perish, but all come to repentance before the end. Revelation 2 talks about the loveless church in the first part. John is writing as Jesus is dictating. To the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things, says he, who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. Verse 2. I know your works, your labor, your patience, 
and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. And you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my namesakes and have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. But this you have, that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Verse 7, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, big word, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Now, the sin that Christ charged this church with was their decay and deterioration in holy love and zeal. Thou hast left my first, thy first love, not left and forsaken the object of it, but lost the fervent degree of it that at first appeared. In other words, the first affections of men towards Christ and holiness and heaven are usually lively and warm. God remembered the love of the Israelites' encouragements when she would follow him wherever he went. These lively affections will subside and cool off if great care is not taken and diligence used to preserve them in constant exercise. You see, Christ is grieved and displeased with his people when he sees them grow inconsistent and cold towards him. And he will one way or another get their attention, you see, because he does not take it kindly, as he shouldn't. The Lord goes on to say that repentance is the only way out to avoid consequences, which would be to remove the lampstand or the gospel, if you will. Now, here we are. This church at Ephesus, which Paul planted and it's said that John actually pastored it at one time, but now God is ready to boot the church out. It sounds shocking, but this is a very important understanding as to how casual commitment spreads into the body with selfish ambitions apart from the big word, intimacy that Jesus is expecting from his bride. 
Jesus paid the ultimate price for his bride. And there is something about that first moment of love that is gigantic. This scripture, folks, reminds me so much of Hebrews 6. Let me read Hebrews 6. It is clear that Jesus wanted his people to grow in Hebrews 6 and mature in faith. Those who don't move beyond the basics, tastings, and gifts, and powers of this new creation, partaking in the Spirit and the Word of God, and then fall away, bring shame to Jesus, and produce nothing but thorns and thickets, you might say. There is no stagnant life in the kingdom either. Either you grow and produce a blessing, or you languish and descend into a curse. We must be warned. Hebrews 6, let's read it. Chapter 6, verse 4 through 6. The writer is saying, For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come, if they, verse 6, if they fall away to renew them again to repentance since they crucify again for themselves the Son of God and put him to an open shame. So, Now, here we are, right back to the case in point about the loveless church in Revelation 2. As Jesus calls the church out at Ephesus, we said that verse 7 says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life which is in the midst of the paradise of God. It just goes right along with what Hebrews 6 was telling us. So how important is this term, overcome, to be understood? Well, my friends, just the word overcomes indicates there is an obstacle a difficulty, a mountain, you may say. Why are so many leaders and teachers of the word avoiding this warfare preparation? We're talking about reaching people for Christ and mankind's salvation. You see, the armor of God is to be worn daily as this world hates the Christian church, the followers of Christ. Matthew 10.22 explains it. Jesus is speaking to his disciples. He says, And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But he who endures to the end, here it is again, will be saved. 
Wow, powerful scriptures here to understand. Let's pray. Father God, I just right now want to lift you up. I pray that every listener of this podcast today, I lift them up, Father God, that they would open their ears and hearts and eyes to their purpose on planet Earth. Lord Jesus, you love everyone, but you hate sin. And we cannot blame you for mankind's sin. We have a choice in the matter. That's to follow you, accept you for paying the price of our sin as if it never happened. Father God, so many people today are blaming you for the destruction and the shootings and all the other garbage that's going on around the world. Father, I just lift them up right now, the unbelievers as well as the believers that try to rationalize and fit their minds in in place of yours. Lord, we just thank you that we can come to you because you have paid a price for us. Father God, you went to Calvary, Jesus, to die, to pay the debt that we could not pay, that we could be with you for eternity. So all over the world, Father God, what everybody in this world has been created for is to bring you glory. I pray right now that we would all just fall on our faces as Abraham did to hear from you. Lord Jesus, we just thank you and praise you in your precious name. Amen and amen. Well, once again, here at Fill the Lamp, our calling is to help the body grow. I pray that all would keep pressing on. So until next time, I'm Neil Parks.